Hey, what's up everyone? Dave here. Welcome to episode 66 of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. On today's episode, I am welcoming Jared Krause back to Pocket Mastermind. Uh, We had such a great conversation last time uh, Jared was on, we decided to do a return and this time we're talking um, really wide ranging from all sorts from entrepreneurship to the mindset, psychology, goal setting, uh, achievement, all sorts of stuff. Really, 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 really interesting conversation. And I hope you get uh, an awful lot out of this. I think um, there's something for pretty much everyone within this conversation. If you're interested in uh, subjects like personal development and uh, moving yourself forward and that kind of stuff. So if you do enjoy it, remember, please uh, leave us a review, share it with your friends, uh, subscribe so you get notified about future episodes. Um, all of this really helps us to uh, reach more people. Uh, so with that, let's get on with the show. Have you ever questioned why it is that some people seem to have everything they could ever wish for? Health, wealth, love and happiness, but others seem to lack all of these things. Why is it the small minority managed to achieve greatness, but the vast majority fail to reach even beyond mediocrity? What are this small minority doing differently to everybody else? It can't just be down to circumstance, billionaires rise out of poverty. Those questions have been in my head my whole life, and a couple of years ago, I decided to stop wondering and start searching for the answers so that I could help more people achieve greatness in their own lives. So join me and follow along as I uncover the secrets of the minority that the majority aren't taught so that you can apply them to your own life to achieve your own greatness and live the life you want and deserve. My name is David Bell and welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Jared, welcome back to Pocket Mastermind. How's it going? Really good. Thank you so much for having me back, David. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time last time we had a chat, which is, we think we worked out about six months ago. And um, yeah, it's been a yeah, while. I'm so, yeah, but I'm so grateful that, that I've been invited back. Um, yeah, we had a great chat. So I'm looking forward to another one. Yeah, always welcome. I think, you know, we were just talking just now before we, we started recording and, you know, everything that's going on globally at the moment uh mm-hmm. having conversations talking about different opportunities but as you know for how do people find income uh, and employment in the current circumstance because you know we're all aware that many businesses may not survive they're already not surviving and, and many more yeah. may not survive and traditional opportunities people you know roles that people have been doing for quite a long time may not be available or be very competitive and to mm-hmm. look outside the box and and kind of go back to maybe a more entrepreneurial or freelance type mm. uh, approach that, you know, historically humans have done. And still you look in like, more developing countries, people are far more versatile and uh, entrepreneurial in those because it's a, a means to an end and needs must. But we've kind of got yeah. very used to having that safe employment within kind of like the Western world. And maybe it's t- maybe this is the catalyst for us to start thinking a bit differently yeah maybe it's a, a bit of a wake-up call i mean i also heard i forget who said it um <clears throat> it could have been jeff bezos or somebody who's very very big um 
might even be Jack Ma, who's the founder of Alibaba. But talking about, you know, in the future, most of us won't have like a t- typical type blue collar career job, um, blue or white collar career job. Most of us will be freelancers working for ourselves anyway, um, which which I think will be interesting. But <clears throat> for those of us who like we were out of a job, it's, it can be a scary thing, but, and it's not like you can just, most people's default is like, oh, I'm just going to become an Uber driver. Um, yeah. You know, but even that's not really an opportunity yeah, right now, you know, that's right. in the UK, right? No one's traveling around. You can't just jump. No, even that's no. screwed up. Unless, unless you become, uh, you know, accredited, you know, COVID safe um, Uber Eats driver. I'm not sure if you have Uber Eats where you yeah. are um, or these other sort of Deliveroo. Um, Deliveroo. Deliveroo. Yeah. 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 So the thing I think one good thing for most of us to understand is that it's not something has been removed from society and there's a big gap. Because mm-hmm. what we lose, we make we can make up in other areas. Like when there's so many jobs that we can't do, there means there's so many other jobs that need to be fulfilled as well. And it's kind of like looking at like how can you, you know, how can you think about like okay, cool, there's more people are going to need food because all the food delivery service trucks are going to be swamped. So I need to fulfill this need that um, may not be. Yeah, or, or, or really needs um, to be fulfilled. So I think there's, if we can become creative around that. And mm. um, <clears throat> I mean, as you said, like before we hit the record button, a lot of people are turning to be an entrepreneur. And if you learn, you know, say how to, you know, create a website um, at school and somebody else doesn't know how to create a website, like somebody who's owned a business for 30 years, they've never really used the internet. They're going to need a website and you can freelance mm. that type thing. And, um i think it's, the, point, it's, the point you just made there is is really important that i think when challenges come along we tend to have a tendency to look at what's lost what's gone yeah what's been taken away and we we tend to default to a kind of a place of pain and and lack mm. and then we look around and see you know through the the previous nearly 12 months now some people have kind of lost absolutely everything and some of that's completely out of control and some have gained and had the best years of their lives you know for Mm. every person i probably say in my own personal world i've probably heard of more people talking about how 2020 was the best year they'd ever had in business ever Mm. more than i heard of you know directly of people that had terrible years now obviously that's limited to my own that we know that where i circle exactly and Mm. the people that i tend to listen to and follow around on social media but it just illustrates that even though the the overriding narrative is 20 or 2020 was the worst year ever and you know leading up to the end of the year there was a definite god good riddance to 2020 as if a light switch was going to happen on midnight december 31st (laughs) and it was all going to be better like that yeah. was never going to happen, but it, I think being able to not get over over overrun by the loss and being able to look like you just said, like the opportunity. Okay, well that 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 thing's gone away, but what mm. fills this place? There's never any voids in the world. That something always fills the gap. Yeah, it's it's hard as well. Um, 
because you're in a state of shock. Most people, you have two ways that you can you can go when you're in a state of shock of something bad happening, like you losing your job or um, becoming ill, or you know things change massively for you. You can either react mm-hmm. or you can kind of or you can respond. Most people react, yeah. um, and reaction is like an emotional response. Um, but a, a, like a well thought out response can be where you go, oh, hang on a second. I'm, you know, I'm going to respond to this in a way that I can benefit from it. Like the actual obstacle, like the, the pain is actually helping me see more clearly that I need to do something different. Um, and it's so hard to have that level of resilience. Like I talk about mindset a lot that, it's easy to have a positive mindset and to be good and happy and positive when things are good. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really hard when things are really, really hard. Um, you know, like I've, you know, we've all faced that. Like when we've just like, you know, your things are really shit, but when you can really stay grounded and centered and not be too emotional about it. And I guess that's where a lot, uh, a lot of these people that have got some level of emotional intelligence can start to, can, can can deal with some of these changes a lot easier than, than other people that are highly emotional or highly strong that don't know much about emotional intelligence, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, you know, from a personal perspective, it's something that I've had to work on over the years because if I go back to my younger self, man, it didn't take a great deal to piss me off or to, you know, get on top of me. And I went through kind of a... I don't even know, you know, I went through a period of depression. I don't even know when it started, right? You're just kind of Mm. incremental. And then you one day you think, man, I'm really fucking miserable. And, you know, you kind of then have to, you either, you're faced with a choice. You either let go of that, which, you know, for many people, it can become almost like a comfort blanket. It's a safe place to be in that self-pity and and down. Mm -hmm. Or you have to take responsibility and step up and go, okay, now it's on me which can be scary but i think if you can start to do that and then practice those practice that that responsibility and 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 knowing that you have the ability to control how you think and how you feel and just practice that and accept that it's not going to you're not going to wake up one day and suddenly you're missed emotional intelligence or (laughs) missed emotional emotion intelligence you're going to fail over and over again but the more you practice the stronger you get at it um Mm. it means that when when more challenging times do come along initially you might get that old learnt response of oh shit and but if you can create that space then you can start to actually think clearly as as you were just describing yeah it's something that i talk about with a quote that i heard from i mentioned on a summit i was on a summit today um and i forget the person's name again but tim ferris one of tim ferris's friends talks about easy choices hard life mm-hmm. hard choices easy life and the i i've wrapped this up in um some of the other things that i like to talk about like compounding and second and third order consequences that you know when it's really, it's really easy to wear that comfort blanket, right? What's really like, what's really hard is to face the pain. 
of like, why is this happening? Step outside of my comfort zone. And um, the, the idea of the easy choices, hard life means that if you make, you know, the easy choices and I'll give you an example as well. Let's, let's go back to like, just so people can understand with a story, we'll go back to, you know, my, some of my younger years where I used to, you know, drink a lot and party a lot. And I would, I decided, you know, at a certain time, I need to stop this. I need to have a better life. I need to be healthier. I need to be able to think more clearly. <clears throat> so I decided to stop drinking and I would go to, I go to parties to socialize. Otherwise I'd have no life because all of my friends were still doing this. And so we go to the parties and a lot of people like, you know, dude, you got to drink, you got to drink peer pressure, peer pressure. And you know what it's like when you, you're somebody that drinks a lot at most of the parties and you're always drunk and you can be a bit of a fool and people like to laugh at you and you're just a bit silly. I was, I was this person. They rely on you to be the, 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 the fuel. The entertainment. The yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, uh, a lot of the pressure would come in like, Oh dude, what are you doing? You, you know, and then, you know, belittle you with name calling and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Just peer pressure type stuff. Uh, and you know, I'm faced with a choice. I've got easy, I've got an easy choice where I can go. Yep. Cool. Let's, I'll just drink just to shut you up and I'll just drink and end up getting drunk. That easy choice really moves me to, um, a harder life, right? Easy choices, hard life where the next day I'm going to be hung over on a Sunday. I'm going to be feeling crap. So I'm going to want to eat comfort food mm -hmm. and I'm going to want to watch TV instead of like reading a book and educating myself and probably going to be like, have a two day hangover and be feeling like crap on Monday. Um, whether I'm working for somebody else or an entrepreneur, I can't think clearly, I can't make the best decision. So I could even hurt myself. Now that's the compounding effect. Like most people think about compounding that, you know, compounding growth, mm -hmm. but it compounding can happen negatively as well. Right. So um, this is where second and third order consequences come in. So a second order consequence of me drinking is that I'm hungover. A third order consequence is me making bad decisions or being clumsy and foggy and I could possibly hurt myself at work. So there's that thing that happens. And most people don't really think about like how far down the line these certain decisions go. Yeah. And the opposite is true if I have the hard choice, it can make my life so much easier that if I go, no, uh, this is a really hard choice, but I'm going to decide to say, no, I'm going to um, not drink. Right. And, you know, block out the peer pressure and d deal with it. The next day I'm going to be great. I'm going to wake up in the morning, go for a run or a swim or a surf at the beach, read my book, feel great and fresh on the Monday and crush out a bunch of work and, and do really, really good. Now that's compounding growth, right? That's the second and third order consequences that are good. Now, the hard thing is to actually be conscious that you have a decision that you can actually make a choice. It's really, really like I, I suggest and force people, especially if they're in a really low state. And a lot of people can be at this time is that to, to try and force yourself to face the hard decisions and make the hard decisions because even just one small hard decision is going to make your life so much better with that compounding growth and the second, third order consequences. Yeah, I completely agree. There's, you know, there's <clears throat> I, I've kind of, I talked about a similar, very similar concept in mm. the way, the way I, I look at it is that if it's easy now, it carries with it a future debt. And if it's hard yes. now, it carries with it kind of a, a future payment. And, you know, if you, 
the great thing with this, you, the, 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 there's, a, there's laws of the universe that you can't overcome, right? And one of those is you can pretty much have anything you want as long as you're willing to pay the price. You can spend all day sat on the sofa, eating ice cream, watching TV. You're free to do that. The results, though, however, is that you're going to have to pay the debt at some point in the future when you're overweight, diabetic, and have major health conditions. That's, mm. your, that's the debt you're paying back for that, that small amount of pleasure in, in at some point previously. Whereas if you do make the hard decision, like you're talking about, like get up and go for a run or cycle or do, do your exercise or uh, don't procrastinate, even simple little things like, you know, do you let the dishes pile up in the, in the sink or do you put the stuff straight in the dishwasher? Yes. Do you know what I mean? If you put it straight in the dishwasher, you jobs jobs out of the way. If you pile it up in the sink, all the all the time while they're piling up in the back of your brain is using energy, saying, "I've got to do that job." It's just more stuff that you're you, you think you're getting away with now, but you can't ever outrun it. And if you put stuff off, and I've learned this, I used to be a terrible procrastinator. You hmm. you get you have to do a lot of crap you really don't like doing, and it takes even longer if you put it off. Uh, th that's so good. That explanation. Um, <clears throat> there's two things that I, I kind of speak to with that is that I, I like the idea of that you're paying debt, right? You're paying debt off. Um, because if it goes the opposite way is like you at some way you're either paying interest or you're gaining interest, yeah. right? With the good choices or the hard choices, you're gaining interest with the easy choices. You're, you're pat, you're, um, having to pay that interest. I like that. I'll, I'll really like that analogy. And the, I think what you said about even the small things with the dishes, this is, that could be really big for somebody mm. really, really big. And I think <clears throat> this is what a lot of people, especially at 2021, they start off with this big, um, scary, audacious goal that they want to achieve this goal. And they, um, most, they do it most years and they, you know, um, what is it they called a new year's resolution. Yeah. And most of them, are, most of them are dead by January 2nd, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's because they've got a, a thing on a pedestal they want to get, but they haven't built a bridge or they haven't got a system to be able to get there. Yeah. right from where they're at now to build that bridge or that system or that process and step by step how to get there so i suggest people to not set something that's so big where they can't build a bridge set something so small that you can build a small little bridge or a small little system like okay with the dishes all right i'm gonna make sure that i leave a note on the kitchen counter or on the bench top that's like, that just says dishwasher so mm -hmm. every time i go to put a dish there it reinforces me. Oh, okay. I'll put it straight in the dishwasher then rather than just leave it in the sink or on the bench. And that's just a small little thing, right? If just to make sure I have to never, you know, rinse and stack up dishes and put them in the dishwasher later and, and have that space taken up, <clears throat> not just in my in apartment or room, but in my head as well, it's gone and done. That's a, that, well, I think that's really important. Most people, most people don't understand how to build a bridge or the system to make sure they hit these small little goals and start with the small ones. Because when you, when you have those big ones and you don't achieve them, what happens? It has a compounding effect, a negative compounding effect on your willpower and your confidence. Mm -hmm. Because like, oh, I never achieved my goals. So next time you set a goal, even if it's small, you may not be confident in achieving it. Also, you know, what I see is we tend to have a habit of then almost punishing ourselves 
for failing so you know dry january is quite a common thing right and so many people they're right i'm going to not drink for january and then for whatever reason they have a drink and they go well i've had one i might as well have 20 now no you can stop at the one and say i shouldn't have had the one and then carry us pick up from where you were you don't have to make the situation worse and you see it with you know dieting you have slip up on one meal and before you know it the whole day or the week's gone down the drain and it becomes harder to come back out of it i think yeah. you've got to try and if you, you you accept that slip ups will happen particularly if you've been living a certain way you know if you eat been eating a certain way for a long period of time or you you drink every night or you smoke or whatever then you've got to accept that breaking that pattern and that habit isn't going to happen like a light switch otherwise you'd have done it before right so but don't then also punish yourself or comfort yourself by punishing yourself if that makes sense Mm. um Mm -hmm. by adding to the 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 error that you've already made don't make it don't make it worse yeah yeah i agree it's it's it just it happens so so frequently the other concept that i heard recently that i thought works quite well for for this kind of thing for goal setting and for uh, you know maybe creating new behaviors for you know a new year we always like to associate it with some kind of point in time is a concept around uh avatars and, and you know we all play we all have slightly different roles and slightly different personalities within our lives and one of and this concept was really around you know if you think about who you want to be so the, I and mean, this really starts with it and when i took when i when i talk with clients and, and, and people about goal setting I always try and talk about the starting point of imagine what is your what does your ideal life look like because if you can picture that as a starting point then you can start to work your way backwards and one of those things is kind of like well who who is that kind of who's the kind of person that has the life that you want and who are you yeah. now and where do you need to change and you can then break that into different um different avatars so you know are you a tidy person? Are you a punctual person? Are you a, you know, or a, a, a fit and active person? Because if, if that's who needs to be the person you, you, that's the person you need to be to have the life that you want. And then you can start set start to set small habit goals or changes within each of those avatars. Like you're saying, you know, are you a, are you a messy, messy person now, but you need to be a tidy person? Well, okay, one step towards being a tidy person is, don't don't let the dishes stack up yeah i think it's uh that's so spot on liked i really associate what with what you said as it being an avatar um in this book it's over here uh james clear atomic habits i read that uh amazing and he talks about yeah um you know obviously it's habits but uh, it's having an identity is like if you have an identity of your this person or your that person um it can really help you uh, and and you kind of associate with that identity that i'm this person it can allow you to be that person like for example with smoking a lot of people uh, they're wanting to quit smoking right they want to you know stop this bad habit and they're trying to quit smoking and they go, oh, no, I, I quit smoking, right? But in their head, they've told themselves, like, I'm a smoker, but I've quit smoking. But I'm a smoker, so I should still probably smoke. But if you go, all right, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to quit smoking, 
and you tell yourself and associate with the identity of like, I don't smoke, I'm not a smoker. It's much easier to go, no, I'm not a smoker. Yeah, I used exactly that. So I used to smoke and years ago, I I haven't smoked cigarettes for a very long time, but then I was- Congrats. No, thanks. I kind of, it took, I I didn't smoke, I didn't, I I stopped full-time smoking probably 10 years ago, but I would still have the occasional cigarette when I was drinking and then to combat that, I thought, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll get, I'll get one of these electronic devices, <laughs> right? Do you know what that just, all that did was that was a slippery slope. Before I knew yeah. it, I was sucking on that thing like it was a dummy, uh, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pacifier yeah. people in the States. And I was yeah. sucking on this bloody thing. And it became harder to give that up than it was cigarettes because cigarettes mm. stink. This thing tasted like mint, right? Yeah. And you could, I could sit on the sofa and, and, use yeah. whereas yeah when if i was using cigarettes i don't you'd always go outside you kind of been ingrained for a long time to, mm. to do that so it became mm. harder and harder and actually using that method <clears throat> uh, not via james clear at that time it was via uh, sag guru and and his book inner engineering um mm. where it really talks about identity and exactly the same as james does in his book and associating that you know when you do give up cigarettes or alcohol or something else you you've got to change that identity are you are you the the ex-smoker or are you the alternative and for me it was more important for me to think of myself as being fit and healthy or smoking and being and also another identity is very much around you know being in control of my own mind and my own thoughts and was i going to allow this substance to control me or am i stronger and more capable of controlling it and that was kind Mm. of the light bulb moment for me was i thought hang on a second am i really is my will really that weak that i can't beat this 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 nicotine and so yeah kind of picked the thing up and threw it in the bin and was done with it and uh yeah i'll never ever go near nicotine again in my life it's been a few years now (laughs) that's great good work but you've got it. Yeah, it's 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 so so powerful. It's very, and I think it's hard to let go of an identity because you probably held that identity for many years. In some cases, you know, thirty or forty years to feel yeah. like you have control to change who you are that quickly and that easily is a hard concept for people to understand. I think. Yeah, it definitely is for most people to get outside their comfort zone that that far. You know, normally they're happy with small little changes, but the quickest way to change is is, is a big change. I think. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to <clears throat> you kind of got to rip the plaster, rip the bandaid off, and and go for it. But it's it you've got to there's a bit of courage in there. You know, mm. I talk I've, I I kind of talk about this kind of five five or six areas. I guess you could you could argue six, but there's kind of five key areas that we need to kind of address and kind of um, kind of work on kind of master and, and the first one being fear right because fear whilst it's quite good it keeps us alive for the most part it really stops us from even dreaming about doing other things and being other things it kind of gets in the way it's the dream killer um the second one i talk about is pain because you know you, you might get over the fear and then we start doing something that's a little bit difficult and then we run back into our <laughs> into our shell and give up again, you know. And and then <laughs> this is something I think about because I cycle, right? And uh, yeah. it's quite easy to cycling hurts, right? It never gets easier, 
you either get, you just get fitter, you get faster and you can go further, but it never gets easier. And it's the same with many physical activities. It ne they never get easy. You kind of do them thinking they're going to get easier, but you're either lifting more weight or you're just running faster, recycling faster or going further and it, and it still hurts. So yeah. it doesn't, <laughs> you're never going to get away from the pain. And I think you've got to embrace that as being the, um, the catalyst of change, right? That's it. You, mm. When it hurts, that's when you know, you're, you're doing something else. If you run away from that pain, like you don't, you don't progress forwards. And I think afterwards, you know, you kind of, once you step back from that experience, you think, oh, I should have pushed a bit further. I should have tried harder. I don't think as anyone ever feels that, like, oh, I couldn't have done a bit more. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. It's, inter it's, it's, it's interesting how, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how we operate, isn't it? It, it really is. I, I like to, as you can tell, my brain's just ticking over and just like I'm, I'm putting all this stuff through filters yeah. and, and I'm very careful with what I end up believing and, and not believing um, because I try to make sure whatever I do believe in is serving to me at a certain time. Like I like to change, change my thought patterns a lot and my belief systems a lot. <clears throat> it's very yeah. different to most people. I, I'm always looking for new inputs and new ways of trying to assess things. And, and you do change over time. And the funny thing is, is when, as you do change your approach over time, people say, hang on a second. Didn't you used to say, such and such and say yeah but i've changed <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like yeah. I, I realize there's a different way there's a there's a there's a way that i consider to be better than my old way if i just carried on doing it the old way i'd carry on getting what i was getting and, and that wasn't working for me for sure actually like i've started as of late since since us talking in the last last time we talked like even just the last few months i've started really getting um a fair bit out of like proving things wrong like mm -hmm. especially when we are born where we just do what mum and dad say in our peers and we we end up buying into oh that's the way the world works like oh dad how come this is like this and your dad will explain it's like this because you know this is this is how it is and you're like oh, okay cool that's just it right and you just mm -hmm. put full faith and trust in that and then mum will tell you a story about how this works and then you just end up joining all the dots together and that your reality of like how the world works is all built off everybody else's beliefs. Yes. Isn't that crazy to think about? So have you, have you, on that now, subject, have you ever seen the, um, the waiting room experiment? No, it's not, no, it's, it's super powerful. Have a go, go and have anyone listening and, and yourself Google this afterwards. Cause it's absolutely, it, it's so interesting that basically in a very short, uh, synopsis is there's a waiting room of people for a dentist surgery or doctors or something and uh, they're actors to begin with right and so set there but then uh, a test subject comes through the door and e periodically there's a beep sound and when the, when this beep sounds everyone in the waiting room stands up for no reason whatsoever so the new person comes in and sees all these people stand up and things are a bit odd after a couple of times that person starts to stand up with everyone else because they all seem to know what they're doing because they stand when this beep happens. And then one yeah. by one, the original actors are replaced by new people that have no idea what's going on. They come in and that one person then becomes the example. Analyst. 
And so before yeah. you know it, there's a waiting room full of completely different people that were never there originally, just standing up when the beep happens. And no one's questioning why it's happening. <laughs> it's it's so society, <laughs> you know. It, it it is society, and isn't it scary? I'm so glad that you give the that example. Isn't it scary to that we that we do this, and that's why I like to question things so rigorously at the moment. Like, and I'm getting a lot of fun out of it. Um, I was also thinking of writing a, you know, people have these old wives tales uh-huh. that they believe in and superstitions. And I, I've even toyed with the idea of writing a book called stupid stitious, um, and just <laughs> oh, highlighting. I'd love just, to read. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be fun. And I've already thought about a few things that I just think are so stupid that people believe because they haven't questioned it. Um, just like, they believe they need to stand up when they have the have a beat because they haven't questioned it and you can just be a lemming because you haven't decided to go hang on is this this is the right way to operate my life um <clears throat> i think it's i think it's really um important for us to start to form our own belief systems mm-hmm. not fully based off like like everybody else's of, of the way the world works um i'll give you an example of a of one if you like i had a person in my mastermind a couple of weeks ago say uh yeah i tried to get this done i tried to hire hired somebody to do this job and for my business and uh it just wasn't done very well wasn't done right and he said to me you need to um or he said to all of us in in the mastermind uh He's like, you know, you know, it's like if you if you want a job done right, you've got to do it yourself. And I, I'm like, and most people were like, yeah, that's just, yeah, f- bloody oath. Of yeah, course. If that were tr- if that were true, all businesses would consist of one person, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I, and so I said, and this is this just came to me, and I'd never thought about questioning this, but I it just came. And he said it, said it, and then I'm like. No, and I just something happened inside me. I go, no, that I said to him, no. Nah. And this is in front of everybody else in the mastermind. I was like, no, nah, I don't believe that. And let me explain why. And my explanation goes that if you believe that if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. That's ridiculous because if you think something's, you know, if you think your way of doing it is the only right way, then, you know, there's, you don't, you're blocking yourself off to hiring somebody that could be better at you at that job and get that job done better than, you know, it could even be done at all. So true. And also, you know, the irony is that he's in a mastermind situation in which the idea is pooling of brain powers and intelligence right to come up with a come up with solutions to challenges that's you know greater than the sum of the parts that's the whole point of working together so clearly yeah, and not in the to, back of his mind he, he's you know he, he doesn't believe that's 100 percent true otherwise he wouldn't no, be right. joining part of the group yeah yeah well and not to beat down on this guy he's, he's a he's a beautiful man um spoke to him today and um he loves challenging these beliefs and 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 was you know a lot of us got a lot out of it, but I just think it's great for us to kind of 
think about these things. And um, I've wrote a list of things called entrepreneurial suckisms. Like one of my mentors last year was like, you're, you really are an entrepreneur, Jared, but you've got this energy around some of the things that happen in the entrepreneurial space that you just don't agree with. She said, you should write them out and get them off your chest. And I, and I, I've started writing out a bunch of them and just like some of the things like, you know, entre- entrepreneurship is lonely, which is just a stupid false thing. Um, <laughs> if you want it to be, it can be. Yeah, yeah. Just, and there's so many of them. It's, it's, um, you could write seriously a Bible of, of them entrepreneurial suckisms or just even stupid stitches. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I just urge people to really, um, think about is this, the right way to think or is this the right belief system that's serving me yes or no and, and you can go so deep in different factors and areas a, gr- a great example of one of those um is something i grew up hearing in the uk is oh yeah, it's too cold to snow too cold to snow <laughs> <laughs> we are not norway right i've seen it i've, I've seen it snow at minus 40 and we've never got close to there so i don't buy that at all it's too cold to snow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think it's right. because there's some kind of myth that, that, you know, it feels like it warms up because the humidity increases when it snows yeah. rather than yeah. it being actually warmer. Um, <laughs> so I was like, it's I always blew my mind. I grew up hearing that and you kind of go, oh, yeah, it's too cold to snow. And then one day I thought, how is that possible? The coldest place on earth are covered in snow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. and But there's, you'd be... You'd be so surprised about how many of those things that you, you know, either your your mum told told you the way that thing is, or your dad, or your siblings, or your peers at school, or your teacher, or your coach at, at you know soccer or you know football where you are, and like it's as a child you just go, oh, they know more than me, they know what's right. <laughs> Exactly. And you can see this happen. You can see this happen in, um, in families where the parents aren't as say affluent as, you know, some other parts of the world, um, where they, they believe this certain belief pattern that could be very destructive to kids. And they end up believing that as well. It's just like, well, that's just the way the world works. And, you know, the whole world is against you. Yeah. And you need to toughen up and, you know, have a glass of cement for brekkie every morning. And, <laughs> yeah. Or like even just the things like <clears throat> we're taught in fitness, like you need to just train every single day and train as much as you can. And like, it's, 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 it's really actually killing people now that people mm-hmm. are overtraining. Cause they don't understand that. They don't understand that part of this is you need rest and recovery. <laughs> you know, I know for every, me, every, I used to, I used to, yeah, yeah. I've, done, I've been with you. Like I, I ran yeah. myself into the ground, kind of going to the gym twice a day and doing stupid things. Like you just, <laughs> it, it catches up with you in the end. You suddenly, as particularly as you start to get older as well, you you need more rest and recovery than you did when you're twenty. You can probably get away with it yeah. when you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. But oh yeah, get, get yeah. in your forties and late thirties is not going to happen. <laughs> <It's> yeah. like, <laughs> Like, you might feel like you can still do the same stuff and you might actually be able to perform okay but yeah. it's going to hurt for longer that's for sure <laughs> when you're 20 it's like sleep is so boring when you hit 30 in your 30s you're like 
sleep is probably what I look forward to <laughs> so much. <laughs> it became, and, and ironically, it becomes harder to come by. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you set your, depends on how you set your day. life up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's uh, I can never get the the same amount of sleep as I used to when I was younger, and and mm. I really want to, to be honest. I got you know mm. running down the clock. Don't want to spend half of my life asleep. That's for sure. Mm. I think you know yeah. as we talk about this, it's important <clears throat> to, you know, for anyone listening now, it's like I, I can't really stress enough how important it is to read and to search for information and new ways of looking at things, and even from perspectives that you might think that you disagree with now because i think one of the dangers we we fall into is kind of trying to find information that really supports what we already believe and from people that we you know already validate in our own mind or our peer group validate in our own mind as being um the good guys or whatever but i think the we have quite a large division in our societies and, and growing now you know look at the look what happened in the states over the last week yeah, is not getting narrower and the more we throw rocks at the people that do what we perceive to be wrong rather than listen the greater that divide is going to go right sure people shouldn't go storming into buildings and, and riots and, and all the rest of it but that's a symptom of a of a problem mm -hmm. i think the more that we can open our own minds and and read and and learn and seek to see different opinions and different ways of thinking the more inclusive we're likely to be i think the fact that we're so in our own little rooms in our in our houses watching netflix and social media with our with the people that we want to follow is creating that division so much more it's um <clears throat> what actually happens when we are on any form of media that's connected to the internet is it Unfortunately, um, algorithms are set in a certain way that it'll give us more of what we're already um, searching for. For example, um, if there's a, a a movement or like, you know, just for it doesn't even have to be a, a, a terrible thing that's happening in society right now, but it could be, you know, if you start Googling, you know, what's vegan and what isn't vegan, you know, um, that's going to get picked up on Google and then you go to YouTube and a lot more like how to become a vegan in X amount of days or whatever it is. And then, um, you know, those things can start to open up into um, things on Facebook and then the algorithms just lean heavily into that thing and you can become so, so entrenched and end up becoming this person that becomes a, you know, a vegan activist and, um, <clears throat> then it can be destructive. Like if you're too far down one route, like for example, even being a vegan, it's not good for every single human person because we all have different bodies and we all need different types of energy and different types of nutrition. And I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole, but the point is that, um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's even, it's very, very hard with how we, consume our media you look at you know if, like you said netflix like you have um related tv shows or movies that you know have a percentage chance of it being relevant to what you've previously watched and it can end up putting you down this you know you becoming a flat earther or a round <laughs> earther you know like it, it 
it's I think we have free choice and we really don't like there's no such thing as this free choice we've got to be very <clears throat> conscious of how every choice that we make now has already been influenced and how it will then be used to influence future choices that we make i think i think the only thing we do have is is choice but and free choice but the 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 hard thing is that it's it's slowly if we don't understand that it's getting taken away from us from us by us having these certain conversations and us being conscious that that's the way algorithms are set to work mm-hmm. um, then we can feel like we don't have a choice whereas I think the only thing we do only thing we control like if you look at the serenity play, serenity prayer and stuff is that we can only really control what happens in yes. in here sometimes we can't even control what happens. Um, within our body, right? Like uh, an injury or, you know, um, some certain things. It's, 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 um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, 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 I'm very aware that like I could start researching something and, and then it could be very heavily persuade me to push me down a route where I could become an activist yes. or then start <laughs> writing against a certain left wing versus right wing. And most people don't go, Oh, well, hang on. Like I'm lucky. I've got people in my life. Like when I went full vegan, all right. I didn't become an activist or anything, but like this is five years ago when I went full vegan, a lot of my, a lot of people are questioning me and like pushing me as like, hang on, have you researched the other side? And then they'd make me go away and research you know, what am I missing that not mm. from my diet and stuff like that. And I think if you have those people around you, it can really help. Um, and having these conversations of like the world yeah. is pushing you down a certain route um, and you can decide to go or not. And yeah. I think a- the, the, the danger sign is kind of when you start <clears throat> to associate as some kind of tribe in any form whatsoever right so if you're i'm left mm. i'm right or you instantly it becomes so much more us and them like that I, yes the way we yeah. are you know you see this particularly in in political spectrums right the, oh, yeah. the the left the left feel like they're on some kind of high ground and they're looking down on the on the right as being these neanderthal thugs and the, and the people on the right look down on everybody else as some kind of second rate human being that they have the right yeah. to control and all you're doing is you, you both uh, regardless of which side you're on you're doing the same thing right yeah you're, you're creating right. division, you're creating division and you're not listening and it's not going to solve any problems there's no moral high ground to be gained from being on any on one side or the other you know at the end of the day dictatorships end up on the extremes on whether you're left or right it doesn't is you can't put it on one side or the other and i think if you f- you start to realize that you're thinking well there's that group and this group mm. probably time to start looking at other perspectives that's that's the way i try and look at things oh, i think it's great I, I think the great word that i heard you say is you're not listening like listening and having empathy for either side like just listen to what they're saying and then this is what i like to do in business it's like i can see opportunity happen i can see that i can grow massively and that they can you know that they can grow massively if we link up together and and and, you know we can both win but instead of me coming in going like oh we should do this and me acting on my behalf and and taking and taking and taking first as i stop and i ask and i go 
you know, if we, if I was to help you, mm-hmm. what will be a, a knockout of the park? What will be your absolute home run? And how could I help you have a home run? And if I can go work out, okay, they want this, which is going to be a home run. How can I give that to them and still help myself in my business? And we both have a home run. Now, I'm not political in, I don't know anything about what's going on in America because I don't watch the TV. I don't consume that type of media. Um, so I don't, I can't speak to it, but I have the sense that if, you know, even if you're in a fight with your best friend is just stop and listen to them and go, okay, like what's, you know, what's happening with, with you. And then you can empathize and sympathize with them. And then you can tell them your story and then you can bond and connect and you can both end up winning and being in a great relationship. Um, it's, it's fundamental. Missing. It's fundamental to every form of relationship, you know, in the seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, mm. One of the principles within that, one of the habits is seek first to understand and then be understood because of, you know, if, if you're, if two people are coming at it, trying to uh, broadcast, neither are going to receive and you're not going to move forward. So all you, all you do is create further and further tension and, t- and division. It, it doesn't yeah. work doesn't work at all yeah and just before we wrap up i realized that i kind of talked about the five things and got to number two and then kind of dropped it so for anyone listening yeah yeah let's let's, yeah keep going that yeah the third thing i the third thing i think that we need to the master is desire and and that kind of terminology really comes from so what number one was fear fear yeah number two was number two was pain yeah fear pain pain and desire and yeah. number three is desire. And, and that kind of really comes, the terminology really comes from Napoleon Hill because and desire is present all of the time, right? And if you can channel it, it, it either channeled or unchanneled, it's the most powerful force that there is because it's our desire that ends up getting us everything that we get. So if it's, if it's controlled and focused, you end up like, you know, Jeff Bezos or someone you know you've got a very specific uh direction and everything is focused mm-hmm. towards that and distractions are blocked out and i think <clears throat> many people struggled with the concept that um the world is organized in some way because most people are not organized right the, you know the harvard study that shows that was it four percent of people have goals written down and because we tend to th- you know think that most people are like us if our life is kind of quite accidental we just kind of assume that everything in the world is quite accidental and that no one can have an order or a plan but thankfully yeah. that's not the case because there is some kind of order um yeah exactly but the challenge is if you like you see if you don't kind of have those goals and the plans then your desire in any given moment will take you for whatever's shiniest at that point it might be the tv it might be ice cream it might be whatever yeah. it is if you don't have those goals to focus in on that powerful force, it's just going to can take you in that and into any direction. And that's something you've got to be hyper aware of. I like that. You can have, you know, short flame desires of like, all right, I need food, ice cream, sex, whatever it is, just get a quick, a quick hit of just, you know, of a, it's probably more of a lust really, isn't it? Like I've got a lust for food. I've got a lust, you know, wonder lust to go away and travel. And um, yeah, it's really, really as a lust, it's not a desire at all, is it? It's, it's like a long-term desire is a long-term thing really, isn't it? Oh, probably I'm I'm, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, I would say in a traditional sense, and I think, but being able to have, if you have that, then mm. when those short-term lusts or desires or whatever that you want to call they them can be blocked, yeah. come along, you can either, you can see them and go, no, it doesn't fit with the, the long-term plan. If there is no yeah. long-term plan, <clears throat> if you go after every single thing that comes your way every single day and each mm-hmm. day becomes a an accident, either a bit like a, you know, a candle flame just like flickering around wherever the wind takes it and you know the chances of luck striking in that yeah. approach are probably quite low so mm-hmm. um for me i think you know that's one of the the important things the fourth one is faith and faith in your ability to be able to do what you want to do so if you have your you know you get over your fear and you set a dream and you can push through the pain because you've got this specific desire that you're chasing after well, the desires are good, but it's only it's only hope if you don't believe that you can do it. And it's that I think the belief that you can do it gets you through the setbacks. Because every time you get knocked back, if you still believe that there's a way, it might not be the way you're trying. You'll find another way. If you don't believe, you'll think that that way you tried was the way, and you give up. And I think that's yeah. it's important to have that that faith angle that you that you that's the that's the that's the fuel towards you achieving that desire yeah yeah for sure Uh, and then the last one is gratitude the number i think if you're for me i found like when i was down and and depressed one of the the, the, one of the things i learned from victory frank uh, frankel man search of meaning was around yeah what a book oh amazing what a what a great book Mm. joy is not connected to circumstance and environment you have control over that and and one of the greatest uh, weapons you've kind of got to to regain happiness and joy i found is gratitude because you can only feel one emotion at any one time so if you feel down and and lost and beaten and, and lack if you can pick one thing and really really focus on how grateful you are for that it's impossible to feel anything other than happy whilst being grateful for something and that that can Mm. be the catalyst to turn stuff around and and also you know if you live in this this area this world of lack and you know the law of attraction talks about this over and over again if you live in a in a a place of lack and scarcity then you're not grateful then how on earth are you ever going to attract anything else to you because you just Mm -hmm. you're miserable all the time like you're not going to be making proactive decisions there's so much doesn't happen because of this this lack feeling yeah gratitude is the best attitude <laughs> it rhymes for a reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man i it's used to amazing. i used to carry on sorry no carry i on. used to um wake up every morning and do different portions of that um as a morning routine like i used to visualize mm-hmm. uh, my perfect life and that would always change almost every single morning. Um, and that would create that desire that I need, um, <clears throat> which would give me commitment and would allow me to have faith in what I was doing and faith that I was actually going to achieve that vis- vision and also um, gratitudes. Like I ensured that I you know, listed out three things that I was grateful for and they weren't like massive things. Um it could be something so small, like grateful that I have lungs and I can breathe, you know, mm-hmm. grateful that I, you know, get to see the sun most days, grateful that like all these different things. Um, 
and I experiment like I always, always have experimented with these different things and used to write them down and I used to visualize them and um, you can make it into a daily practice until like you start to do it quite regularly without you needing prompts. Like I remember I started doing that more than like seven years ago, like gratitudes for like more than maybe even eight years ago. And I went away on a trip. I went away for about a year and a half. I was living at, at my parents before I left. And um, we, we would, I would do um, like when mum and dad were having dinner and I'd have dinner, I'd be like, like, what's the, you know, what are you grateful for today? Like I'd sort of prompt it. And we did it like, I only did it like a couple of weeks or a month before I left, came home, had dinner with everybody at home and, they're all started this like they just all went around the table and they're all like oh this is what i'm grateful for this and it was like every the whole family i was just like i was just like fuck this is ridiculous <laughs> like this is imagine teaching your kids that at you know two or three when they oh, first you know at dinner table like that is a way to start teaching your kids some some pretty cool things yeah definitely i think ingrain <clears throat> that 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 thought process and i think you grow up as a happier more fulfilled joyful person and and great things tend to happen to those people that seem to bounce through life smiling and joking and and people are are, uh magnetized to them so there's definitely Mm. there's definitely something in there um conscious of the time and i know it's pretty late over where getting late (laughs) over where you are now my days have started and yours are coming to an end um but jared thank you very much for uh, a really interesting conversation um i hope everyone listening has got as much out of this uh, as i have yeah thank you for having me on i greatly appreciate it um i got a lot just learning from you as well like it's 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 been great and um yeah i hope everybody enjoyed it so thank you again mate thank you very much and uh yeah hopefully we do it again before too long and hopefully yeah, the, let's, when we do that maybe the world will be a little bit more a bit more normal again <laughs> maybe we could do it in person yeah that'd be, yeah, cool. that'd be awesome yeah <laughs> that'd nice be really one cool. cheers jared thank you Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more similar episodes, head over to pocketmastermind.com where you'll also find the links mentioned in this conversation. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. It will really help us to get our message out and let more people know about these episodes. So leave us a review, leave us a rating, hit the subscribe button and please share with your friends. Until next time, thank you again for listening.